Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com's family of podcasts. Remember, wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you do not miss a thing. And this is a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which is a part of SB Nation and Vox Media. Make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com early and often for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. We, I've come to find that there's two different types of fan, and they're all diehard either way you look at it, but there's the podcast fan and there's the editorial fan. And I have to be honest, I feel like there's there's not a lot of, you think about the Venn diagram, you know, you have the one circle, you have the other, and then you have the overlapping part in the middle. I don't feel like there's a lot of people in that overlapping part in the middle. I literally do feel like there's the people that love our podcast, listen to all of them, and they get their news that way. And then there's people that read the written side of things, and there's just not a whole lot of in between. And that's okay. And that's why we do both. And we provide plenty of content on both platforms. So hopefully, wherever you wherever you reside, in case you're listening to this, you're probably on the podcast side. We hope you're enjoying everything. And I hope that you're enjoying the bye week. I think we should rename it to the Steelers Can't Lose Week. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 3-3 three and three heading into the bye, and th- there's a lot of question marks about this team, and, and nothing that's going to be answered here on this podcast, nothing that's going to be answered on any show. It's going to take time. It's going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers putting together quality performances. And, you know, with that said, I, I thought about Fridays. You know, normally I do the how how the Steelers are going to beat X opponent. Like last week it was the Seahawks, and this week, well, they don't have an opponent. And so I was thinking about what I wanted to do for this podcast, and then KT Smith, Kevin Smith, as we call him behind the steel curtain.com, Cliff Harris is still a punk. He published a really great article about how there's two things that should top the Steelers to do list during the bye week. And I was like, that's a great idea. Like that that is a great idea. So I decided this let's do the 2021 Steelers bye week to do list. Now I don't know how you are with lists. 
You know, like, are you a list person? Are you someone that wants to, you know, whenever you have something that you need to get done or more than one thing to get done, you you get a little piece of paper, you get a a notebook or even in your phone and you jot down the to-do list and then you just check it off. I'm a list guy. And that's probably from my childhood. I remember to this day, as long as I can remember, and my, my mom was a teacher. And when, even in the summers, we would wake up, my brother and I, and all of a sudden we would see a list. There was Jay's list and there was Jeff's list. And it said, here's what you need to get done today. Boom, 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 boom. And so we, we used to hate those lists. My dad's lists were much simpler. Cut the grass. <laughs> uh, take out the trash. Get the recycling to get, you know, simple stuff. My mom's were much more intricate, much lengthier. But I find myself now, probably because of that childhood trauma, I'm just joking, <laughs> I find myself being a list guy. I, I'm someone that, you know, if I want to get something accomplished over the weekend, like, for instance, this weekend, no Steelers game, I'm going to try to be getting a lot of stuff done around the house. I'm going to make some lists. I'm going to cross them off. That's what I want to do here with the Pittsburgh Steelers, a little honey-do list for all the fans out there. And so I thought of 10 things, 10 things that the Pittsburgh Steelers should have on their bi-week to-do list. Now, n- some of this isn't possible to be accomplished or to get finished or to check off, if you want to put it that way, during just one week of preparation. However, I feel like some of these, they absolutely could be doing some of this in just one week, and maybe even the fans could see that in week eight when they go to Cleveland on Sunday and play the Browns at one o'clock. So I'm going to start off with Kevin's. Kevin gave two for his article. Make sure you check that out at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And I'm going to steal his as the top two because I would have put the same two on the list. And that is tackling. And and by the way, my to-do lists are never in importance. They're never in the, okay, this is the most important and this is the least. Everything on the list has to get done. There's no one, two, three, four. I'm not numbering these. These are just bullet point lists. So don't take one more than the other. So tackling was Kevin's number one, and I agree 100%. They need to improve on tackling. And you know Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator, spoke about this earlier in the week when he had his media availability, and they said, you know, this has happened before. Your team has had some really bad tackling days, and then you all seem to kind of revisit some fundamentals, and it gets better. He, well, what do you attribute that to? He goes, well, look at those guys over there hitting the sled. And he said, and Mike Tomlin talked about it, how they, they practice rally tackling, rallying to the ball. They're not hitting anyone, but they're practicing those situations where check down pass, rally to the ball, wrap up, you know, Good fundamental football. So tackling should improve, and that is something you could see happen in just a week. Next, and the only other thing that Kevin wrote in his article was to include the tight ends more. Now, I have an article that's going to be running on the website Friday, and it's all about Matt Canada's comments about Pat Fryermuth. He's really high on Pat Fryermuth, as he should be. And when you look at his statistics, the guy's only dropped a couple passes. Uh, He's had a lot of conversions on third down. I think he's had 12 uh, receptions for first downs. Uh, he's he's a really promising young talent. And I know that Ben Roethlisberger, he's the one that kind of labeled him as the next Heath Miller. Hey, that's not me. That's Ben. Blame Ben if you don't like that comparison. But still, the getting the tight ends, and not just Fryermuth, but also Eric Ebron, and maybe even Zach Gentry. We've known that I've been clamoring for a Matt Spath type for a long time. Maybe that is Zach Gentry, as someone that's predominantly a blocker, but they can still use them in the passing game as kind of a surprise. They did that uh, not too long ago. I think it was against Denver. 
I'd love to see that happen some more. So get more tight ends. Those are both Kevins. Now we start my list. And some of these you'll probably recognize from goals that I had in past weeks. But again, something that they can improve upon in just a week. Where's the trickeration? That's what I want. The trickeration, creativity on offense. I talked about Zach Gentry's reception. I think it was his only catch of the season. He might have two. But the one that's most notable is I think it was a 13-yard gain. That was a great play design. The trickeration there of drawing everyone to one side. Gentry just slips out as a tight end screen, and it worked to perfection. I want to see more of that. When I say trickeration, it doesn't necessarily mean the Steelers are running double reverse passes or they're running flea flickers or they're running halfback passes, although I would love to see Najee Harris throw the ball one of these times. Something that is just creativity, something that they've set up, that they're working on. Hey, we've been running this a lot. We're going to run this off of that. That's the creativity I want to see. Matt Canada is capable. He's well, He is willing to do it if the team is ready. That's the big question. We shall see. So creativity on offense. That's on the to-do list. Next, balance on offense. Remaining balanced is really important. We've seen this. The Steelers' two wins, they've remained balanced. It hasn't been Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball 40-plus times. It's been more 25-35. to I think that is the wheelhouse for this Steelers offense. And a lot of it comes down to, you know, like red zone offense. Are they scoring in the red zone? Are they getting leads? Are they dictating to the other team how the game is going to play out? That's a big question. But balance and running the football, sticking with the run. I was Some fans were getting really frustrated against Seattle that the, you know, the Seattle was dropping like nine into the box at times, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, why do they keep running it? I was so happy that they kept running it. Now, I wanted to see them perform better, but at the same time, I was glad that they were at least sticking to the run. Under, under Randy Feetner, this is when they would have abandoned it. They would have said, up oh, they're loading the box. Just throw it. Throw, 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 throw. And eventually, you fall right into the defense's hands. That's what they want you to do. Well, the Steelers kept running the ball, and then in the second half, what opened up was, or I'm sorry, the second quarter even, some play action started to work. Those RPOs that Roethlisberger's been running out of the shotgun, which have been very effective, it all starts with balance sticking to the run. Again, can happen in a week. Next, get healthy. This might be a little bit of a stretch in a week, but when you think about someone like Zach Banner, who had last week was inactive, has this week in the bye, if he's going to be right, it's now. Now, they started his clock, his 21-day clock, for a reason they feel like he's going to be right so getting healthy there yes that can happen in a week but players like Roethlisberger's peck and his hip um, those are going to just linger so give him an extra week off is going to be a difference Devin Bush's groin all the other groin injuries the groin group the groin club whatever you <laughs> whatever you want to call them uh, they all those soft tissue injuries Chase Claypool's hamstring they can all benefit from a week off. So, yes, the Steelers could return to practice following the bye week, getting ready for week eight, and they could absolutely have a healthier injury report, at least in the early stages of the week. Next, bring back Blitzburg. That's what I want to see. I want to see the Steelers bring back some of those, maybe some of those Dick LeBeau-style blitzes, getting Keith Butler, who a few years ago, just a few years ago, was leading the NFL as a defensive coordinator in terms of blitzing the opposing quarterback. That's what I want to see. Bring the heat. Let's get after these quarterbacks. You look at the Steelers, who they have coming up. Baker Mayfield, if he's healthy to play in Week 8, if not Case Keenum, but you want to put pressure on both of those quarterbacks. Give them time, and they'll pick you apart. Then you have a Justin Fields 
and then you have Jared Goff. Those are quarterbacks that you want to say, hey, let's start dialing up some blitzes. This is a week off. Let's start working on some unique blitzing schemes that we can deploy. Can it happen in a week? You bet it can. It's on the to-do list. (laughs) This next one, boy, would I love to see this happen. Minimize penalties. The Steelers are a fragile team. Fragile. I talked about that in a previous podcast. They are a fragile football team, and offensively especially. You cannot shoot yourself in the foot with pre-snap penalties, holding calls, offensive pass interference, Chase Claypool, all these things that happen all the time, seemingly all the time. You have to minimize the penalties. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. It's one thing if the opponent dictates that a play doesn't work and is a negative play, maybe a tackle for a loss. It's another when you cause it yourself. We're talking false starts. We're talking illegal motions, illegal shifts, all those pre-snap penalties. Get them out of there. All right, minimize those penalties. It's on the list, and it can change in a week. You just have to focus. You just have to talk about it. Take some time. Next, start winning the turnover battle. You know, last on Wednesday, I did a whole spiel about the Steelers and what do they do well. And it used to be, well, they take the ball away well. They they led the NFL in interceptions in 2020. You'd think that would be that it will hold true. No, they're losing the turnover battle. They're minus two in turnover differential. They've only intercepted two passes this season and had three fumble recoveries. It's just not good enough. It's just not good enough. And some people might say, well, what do you expect them to do? I mean, you can't force. Well, yes, you can force turnovers. Teams do it all the time. Again, that might come back to the Blitzburg. Blitzing the quarterback, forcing quick throws. You can't always just say, well, we're just going to rush for. Well, we're going to hope for the best. Start winning the turnover battle. This is one of those that might be tough in just a week, you know, but at the same time, they they come in bunches. Mike Tomlin said it. Many other coaches have said it. Turnovers come in bunches. Maybe they're about to find one, hopefully. Next, let's go to find your calling card. That's something I talked about Wednesday as well. Find your calling card. Offensively, I said that I I think it should be the running game, which ties back to the balance aspect of this to-do list. On the defense, I talked about really bringing the heat and blitzing. And and that goes back to the bring back the Blitzberg to-do list. The Steelers need to really sit down as a coaching staff, as a coaching staff, and maybe get the leaders of the team, the captains. We're talking the TJ Watts, Cam Haywards, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, You know, you might even throw in a Zach Banner if you're talking about offensive leaders, Trey Turner. Uh, and, And find out, okay, guys, we need to really think about this rest of this season. You know, we've played six games, 11 to go. What is it that we do well that we want to say, okay, this is it. Let's start focusing on that. Again, not one, not a one-week thing, but it's something that they should be focusing on starting this week. And lastly, the last, the 10th on the to-do list, just win. Just win. I was floored this week when I saw all these fans saying, Oh, but but Jeff, you know the the Steelers they they didn't they didn't beat the Seahawks great enough. I mean, they didn't have Russell Wilson and Carson. And, come on, people, seriously. I mean, think about it. Does it matter? Does it matter? Did it matter last season when the Steelers beat the Ravens in the COVID Bowl? No, didn't to me. I was hey, take the win. Does it matter that it went to overtime on Sunday night outside the fact that I'm still tired from it and having to stay up late? No, because they won. Style points don't matter, people, especially with this football team. You know, last year, the expectations were different in a lot of ways. This year, we know about the offensive line. We know about the offense. Just find a way to win the game. That's it. Just you find a way to win the game. 
That's what you have to do. And so those 10 things, let me read them off again. The Steelers' to-do list during their bye week. Work on tackling. Involve the tight ends more. Be creative on offense. Balance is the key offensively. Get healthy. Bring back Blitzburg. Minimize penalties. Start winning the turnover battle. Find your calling card and just win. All right. In the second half of the show, we have Blue Check back coming back. He's got some big news. You're going to want to hear this. And also, we're going to do NFL picks. And I have my heart to heart. So stay tuned till the end. We'll be right back after this break. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. You know me, Jeff Hartman. Joining us, as always, every Friday, Blue Check Beck. I've been teasing this since Wednesday, Michael. I don't know if you listen to Let's Ride, to be honest with you, but um, I've been teasing this since Wednesday. Do you have some big news for the fan base out there? And I know that there's people that they listen every Friday. They want to hear the Blue Check Beck segment. Michael, what's that big news? What happened to you last weekend that you want to share? So last weekend... The school I coach up here, Simon Fraser University, went down to Montana and won our first game of the season, 30-3. to I uh, got that first dub for the people. So I hope everyone's proud of the squad, proud of me, but uh, we got the job done. Good job, Coach. That's all I like to <laughs> hear. 30-3, to what a shellacking. They must really stink in Montana. Is that a fact? <laughs> yeah, they weren't, they weren't great. <laughs> hey, a win's a win. <laughs> You're off the shine. Hey, that's what that's what matters the most. I mean, you broke the streak. I mean, who cares how you win? I mean, my goodness, it's like the Steelers. You don't complain about winning in overtime because you just win. You just you're not gonna. Hey, Mike Tom would say we don't make the schedule, we just play it, right? Exactly. All right. Well, let's talk about those Steelers. The Steelers are on a bye, and Michael, I want to ask you, how do you handle the bye week? Is this like a week for you to kind of rest and relax? Uh, what What do you do? You get away from it all? How do you handle the bye? Yeah, the bye week's tough. Um, like, I, I'm a big football fan, so I'll try to watch the other games, keep my mind off things. But first and foremost, I'm a Steelers fan. So it is tough when the Steelers aren't on. It definitely feels like there's something missing. Uh, more than just in the, in the, uh, in the offseason when there's no football on any weekend. But during this period, it's just weird. So, like, I, I try to occupy my, my time doing other stuff. I think this weekend I'm going to try to watch games with some friends. So um, at least I have other people to, to chat with instead of uh, just uh, breaking stuff down. Just just try to get out of the, the regular flow of things because it, it is a weird week. Yeah, I, I love the buy. I love it. <laughs> just so you know this, Michael, we're so busy during the season that, you know, the bye week, like my parents are coming into town. I'm probably going to golf more than once. I'm going to do some stuff I've been putting off. So uh, for me, it's a, it's a chance to kind of uh, – Get some stuff done, but I digress. Let's get to the questions here for you. I've, I've written down a few ones here. So coming off of the bye week, and let's just say like the next segment quarter of the season, I know it's not quarters because of 17 games, but still, what is the what is the one position group, Michael, that you could that you could say, hey, fans expect the biggest jump in production from them? Who is that group? I will have to go to tight ends uh, okay. because the injury with Juju Smith-Schuster, I expect Pat Frymuth after that seven uh, target game, seven receptions, he's going to start building some trust with Ben. I think the Steelers have to notice how good this guy is when they're throwing the ball at him. Uh, so the tight ends in general hadn't had much of a, a 
too many targets to begin with this season. Uh, Pat Farmuth kind of changed it a bit against the Seattle Seahawks. So after the bye week, that's typically when rookies start to get their feet under them. Uh, having a big week before that's also huge for him. So I think the uh, the tight ends uh, solely off the back of uh, their rookie out of Penn State will take the biggest jump. Am I crazy here? Because you know you wrote an article for the site, I believe it was uh, Wednesday about Pat Fryermuth, and I have written one about Matt Canada's comments on for Friday. And I'm not buying that the tight ends are just now going to get involved because Juju got hurt. I'm just not buying it. Like, do you buy that? I'm not buying what they're selling. They should have had the tight ends involved regardless of Juju Smith-Schuster's health. But are you buying that that kind of narrative that's being thrown out there? Well, Juju's hurt. Now we're going to start throwing to Pat Fryermuth and Eric Ebron? To a degree, I think it helps because those tough yardage type plays, it seems like they always went to Juju's third down. I know the, the Raiders like to do their third and run fro. Uh, for the Steelers, it really was third and Juju. Um, he was getting the ball underneath and just being asked to go fight for the yardage. Now that guy's not there. So I, I think that those targets are – seems like Chase Claypool is still going to be playing on the outside. So those inside receivers are basically coming down to the tight ends. The Steelers played with a lot of uh, uh, multi-tight end sets against the Seahawks. So I, I kind of envision that continuing on. So I think they will get a bump specifically because Juju's out. It's just one of those things. We know how much Ben Roethlisberger doesn't love throwing to his tight ends. I know I've talked about it a couple times the past couple weeks now, but uh, with the, that kind of a that, that receiver that had the sure hands, fought for the extra yardage, he's gone. So I think Ben might turn to the tight ends a little bit more. Good Lord, he threw to Heath Miller all the time. I mean, it's... it's Not that's, really. That's a, he was a security blanket. And whenever things broke down, he found Heath Miller. He always the did. check down, though. He, he, he did throw time. to him, but he, he, was did, never, yeah. he was never the primary read, ever. Well, this is... He should have about 2,500 yards more. Right, no, but if, if, that's, uh, if that's on Ben, then shame on him because, gosh, they're, they're wasting talent. And this is why I said, I feel, and you can agree or disagree, Michael, I felt that when Juju Smith-Schuster got hurt, and it could have been any of the wide receivers, mind you, it could have been a case of addition by subtraction. What do you think about that? No, I, I definitely agree with that. It seems like anytime a Steelers receiver goes down, uh, then the other guys can get some more targets. That they don't feel like that the rush guys on and off the field. I totally buy that. I, I think they might have one guy too many um, that are all around the same ability type. So getting one of those guys out of the way, like you still hate to see injuries, but I think to a degree – it's going to help the offense a little bit, and maybe that might lead the Steelers to moving on from Juju at the end of this uh, season. I don't think that – I mean, what is he on, a one-year $8 million deal? Right, and then uh, a lot of that money is uh, pushed in next year because of all the void years. Right, and I look at that and I say, is that is he was he worth $8 million this year even before he got hurt? He wasn't being featured at all on the offense. He was doing just what you said, those tough yards. And and I don't want to turn this all into Juju, but, I mean, this is important to talk about, I think. I mean, my goodness, it, it, it's not worth it. I say Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, you can go and test free agency, and then if you're coming back, it's got to be on a super team-friendly deal, even more team-friendly than last year, because I thought $1 million, well, I'm sorry, $8 million one year was a little steep myself, but that's just me. All right, let's move on. This is a tough question, and I'm, I'm anxious because you've been very tough on Ben Roethlisberger this season, and that's why I want to ask you this. Have we seen the pinnacle, the very best of 2021 Ben Roethlisberger, in your opinion? I think what he's showing right now is exactly what you kind of hoped you'd get out of him this year, considering how the year kind of uh, last year kind of ended up. Uh, just a game manager type, uh, not asking him to just put the team on his back, 
just being able to deliver some throws. I, like if he can hit on some of those uh, deeper sh- shots that he's missed out, uh, it seems like week after week now, he could take another step forward. But I don't anticipate anticipate seeing that much more to Ben Roethlisberger. There is like one more step I think he can take, but we've pretty much seen what I think uh, is going to be his ceiling for this season. That's freaking depressing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, if that's the case, that is really depressing that this is the best. I still think there's a couple steps. You said one, I'll say like two or three, but still, okay. Okay. That's fine. All right. Um, I, the next question, I, this is, again, you're a very emotional fan. You put your heart out there on Twitter all the time. Do style points matter to you? Cause we always say like, style points don't matter. Some people with it, they, it does matter. Like, so for instance, Seattle, Everyone thought the Steelers were going to blow their doors off. Goes to overtime, 23-20. TJ Watt saves the day. We know how it finished. How do you view that, Michael? Is, is this a, oh, my gosh, like it wins a win, or is this a, wow, I can't believe that the Seahawks without Russell Wilson took him to overtime? To a degree, a little bit of both, but mostly I don't care about how you win. Like Bill Cowher said, who cares if you win ugly? You got to win those. You just got to win. The NFL, they're the best players in the world. Even if you're a backup quarterback, you're one of the 64 best quarterbacks in the world. They're still a good player. I don't care if it's Geno Smith. You're still amazing at football. Even guys that we say, oh, that guy sucks. Well, he's still a whole heck of a lot better than 99.99% of the population at the game. So to a degree, no, it doesn't bug me. Like watching the game itself, it can be frustrating. But at the end of the year, when you're looking at the schedule, all you care about are the wins. All you care about are the losses, whether or not they make the playoffs and ultimately if they're champions. So uh, it really doesn't matter if they win ugly. If they win the game, that's genuinely what matters. I, I For people like us that are breaking down the team all the time, uh, trying to uh, preview future opponents, yeah, it does matter. But uh, outside of that, it, winning is the only thing that matters. Good answer, coach. Okay, last question before we go to our game picks, and that is, what do you think about the AFC in general? Like, not just the AFC North, but the AFC in general. It's it's kind of been shaken oh. up a little bit. I mean, and, and it literally does seem like the NFL, as it typically is, is a week-to-week league. I mean, you look at a team like the LA Chargers, who were just beating everyone, coming off a big win over the Chiefs, go to Baltimore and get their doors blown off. The Chiefs, my gosh. I mean, they was lost to Washington, Last weekend, uh, Baltimore, no one really thought they'd be that great. Tennessee has rebounded. Buffalo loses a heartbreaker in Tennessee on Monday night. Like, What is your take in general on the AFC? Is it winnable? Is it just very top-heavy? What's your thoughts? You know what? I honestly think we don't know who the best teams in the AFC are yet. Of course, just six games into this season, but I don't really think uh, anyone separated themselves from the pack at all. Um, just looking at this te- at all the teams, that everyone has their warts. There's no completed team. I know Baltimore's in first place, but honestly, I think they're one of the most overrated teams in the league. If it wasn't for Lamar Jackson or, and a couple fluky plays, well, first of all, some f- fluky plays away from being, what, like a, uh, a two and four football team, yeah. they, they're not the best team in the AFC by far. And if it wasn't for Lamar Jackson, they probably don't have a single win yet this year. The guys just put the, put that team on their back. Uh, I, I know he struggles against the Steelers. So if that continues, who knows? The Steelers might be able to knock him off twice. Uh, I don't think we know who the best teams are in this conference yet. I, I still think the Bills might be the team to beat despite that uh, crushing loss last weekend. But I still think it, it's right for the taking for any team. I, I think teams can step forward. And the, the teams that are at the top certainly won't finish the year there. It's going to be fun to watch, and hopefully the Steelers can uh, 
wreck the party of a few teams. We'll talk about that as we go. Let's get to our NFL game picks. Uh, let's start off Sunday, one o'clock. The game that everyone that's a Steeler fan, if you're just going to watch a game, you want to watch this one. It's Cincinnati at Baltimore. Uh, Cincinnati with a chance to beat the Ravens on their home on in M&T Bank Stadium. Have a share actually be to be first in the in the uh, AFC North, considering they'd have the head to head win. Baltimore's giving six and a half at home, Michael. What do you think about this one? Yeah, no, this one is definitely an interesting matchup because uh, it's it's the two teams at the top of the AFC North right now. I've been picking against Baltimore, and I'm going to continue to do that. I like Cincinnati plus six and a half. Uh, th- there's a lot of points to be had there. I think the Bengals might even be a b- better team than the Ravens, honestly. I think a lot of teams are better than the Ravens, so I'm taking the Bengals plus six and a half. The Bengals are the Bengals, and just like their kicker who celebrated a missed kick against Green Bay at home, they'll find a way to F this one up too. I'm going to take the Ravens giving six and a half at home. Let's go to the Washington football team going to Green Bay playing Aaron Rodgers and crew. Green Bay is giving seven and a half. This is seven and a half typically. That's a pretty big spread. These Some of these spreads are astronomical. We'll get to those. But Green Bay giving seven and a half of, uh, with Washington. Who do you like? I like Green Bay in this one, honestly. Um, I know it's a a pretty big points bump, but uh, I think Green Bay gets it done by more than seven and a half points. I agree. Take Green Bay, given the points, especially at home. Let's go to the dud of the week. The Atlanta Falcons in Miami against the Dolphins. No one wants to watch this game. Miami's getting two and a half at home. Yeah, this is not in England or anything. So, yeah, at home, getting two and a half home dog. Who do you like here, Atlanta or Miami? Miami's bad, Uh, especially with rumors squirreling that they might get rid of Tua trying to trade for Deshaun Watson. I think there's tons of distraction as they're in, as there is. I think Atlanta gets the win here, uh, minus two and a half as well. I'll take Miami getting two and a half at home. That I feel like they're just a they're much better than what they're doing. They gotta figure it out at some point. Next, the AFC East matchup of the week, and and the New England Patriots host the New York Jets. The New England Patriots are giving six and a half. What do you think? I like New England at home in this one. The Jets are not a good football team. And honestly, the Patriots aren't much of a better team as it is. Um, this could be one where you also hammered the under because I think this could be an ugly game, but I still like New England minus six and a half. I agree with you. I like New England minus six and a half. Let's go to Carolina and the New York Giants in New York. Carolina Panthers are kind of reeling. Still don't have Christian McCaffrey back. Not sure for his status. I think he was put on injured reserve, actually. I don't know. Um, he, the, Carolina is giving two and a half on the road. Who do you like in this NFC showdown? The Giants stink. They are really bad. So um, I'm taking the Panthers minus those points. I am as well. I think New York has their whole team hurt. So we're just going to go with uh, the Panthers minus two and a half. The we Kansas before that too. Yeah, that's true. You get a very good point. <laughs> so the Kansas City Chiefs, I taught, brought them up before we got to our game picks. Uh, they're going to Tennessee. Tennessee's getting four and a half at home. Kansas City's three and three. Tennessee's four and two. What in the heck? I mean, I don't get this spread at all. Kansas City, I know they're brimming with talent, but at what point do the oddsmakers say, maybe this team's just not that good? I don't know, Michael. Who do you like in this game? Yeah, no, honestly, I agree. I feel like this is free money. I I think Derrick Henry's going to run wild on this team. Uh, I love Tennessee plus four and a half. I I think they'll they'll probably end up winning this game outright with uh, the performances the Chiefs have been stringing together. Uh, Also, looking at that that over-under, what is it, 57 and a half points? I I think that could be a great under as well. Um, I, I like Tennessee in this game by far. 
I like Tennessee getting points at home, but I actually hammered the over 150. I think this Ooh. is going to be a high scoring affair. I don't think either defense is going to do much, but I like the Titans. I do. And I, I think if they, if the chiefs lose this one, they're in trouble. They are in trouble, oh, yeah. especially in that division. Okay. The Detroit lions, you talk about big spreads. Here we go. The LA Rams are hosting the Detroit lions. Lions haven't won a game yet. LA Rams are giving 15 and a half points. This is the Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff bowl, the revenge game for both. Who do you like here, Michael? Um, honestly, if, if it wasn't the storyline with Stafford coming back to Detroit, uh, I think I would probably take Detroit plus 15 and a half. Cause it's just ridiculous for an NFL game, but I feel like Stafford's going to want to just co- crush this team and just be like, yeah, see, see what you missed out on. Like give me a team and see what happens. So I think, uh, I think the Rams go down there and just wipe the floor at the lions minus 15 and a half and all give me the Rams. I'll eat the points. I still think they, t- they take the dub. I agree. Give the give the Detroit Lions 25 and they still might win. I think L.A. wins easily. I'll take that. All right, here we go. The L.A., the Las Vegas Raiders uh, hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Las Vegas is giving two and a half. They surprised us last week and beat the Denver Broncos. We, we said they didn't. We didn't think they would in the wake of John Gruden resigning. What do you think about this game? Uh, well, just to go off that game for a second, I think that one proved that the Broncos are way worse than what we thought they were. But yeah. anyway, this game itself, uh, Phillies also stinks. I, th- this could be a, an- another garbage game. I like the Raiders minus two and a half. I-, I have no belief in the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles stink. I'll take the Raiders as well. Speaking of the big spreads, you said 15 and a half is astronomical for the NFL. Arizona says, hold my beer. Arizona is giving the tennis, the Houston Texans, I'm sorry, the Houston Texans is in Arizona, 17 and a half points. This is insane. 17 and a half points, JJ Watt playing his old team. Same with DeAndre Hopkins. What do you think about this game? Yeah, like those two guys in the first matchup we talked about with Stafford uh, going against his old team, I think the former Texans are going to want to absolutely cream this terrible Texan squad. (laughs) I like the Cardinals minus 17.5. I feel like this could be another game that could be minus 28, and I still think the Cardinals would cover. This is a game, yes. I'll take minus 17.5, and And the thing is, though, is I actually have the the over-under set at 47.5. I say hammer the under because I don't think Houston's scoring many points. We'll put it that way. No, it'll be 40 to nothing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right, let's go to Sunday at 425. Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Chicago Bears. Some crazy stat I heard this week is that when Tom Brady was in his fifth year at Michigan, Justin Fields was just born. So uh, Tampa Bay is giving 11.5. Who do you like here? Oh, man. Honestly, I'm going to go with the Bucks. still. I, I'm not a believer in the Bears at all. I, I think they fluked out their wins to a degree. Um, uh, give me the Bucks. I, I think they take care of business, no problem. I agree. Take Tampa Bay, giving 11 and a half. Uh, Chicago's defense is good, but their offense is putrid. Sunday night football, San Francisco 49ers host the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts seem to have gotten it together, even though they did lose that heartbreaker to the Baltimore Ravens. Who do you like in this one with the uh, San Francisco's giving four and a half at home? Yeah, thanks a lot, Andy, for that that loss, by the way. <laughs> Much appreciated from the Steelers. But uh, I think the 49ers defense uh, beats up Carson Wentz and takes away some of that confidence. So I like the Niners minus four and a half. San Francisco doesn't have a quarterback. I mean, Jimmy G's still kind of banged up. Trey Lance is hurt. Carson Wentz and the Colts are at least moving the football. I say take the Colts getting four and a half on the road. I think they'll find a way. And the Monday night stinker is the New Orleans Saints travel to Seattle. Seattle's reeling. No Russell Wilson. We know that as Steeler fans. Uh, the Saints are actually giving four and a half on the road. Who do you like in this matchup? You know, it's funny. I think this comes down to three-point games. So in that sense, I think the Seattle Seahawks plus four and a half, 
uh, is the way to go, but I still think they lose the game, but I, I think they keep it tight, like much like they did against the Steelers. I think the saints win by a touchdown. So I'll say that they can give the four and a half. I have the saints winning. All right, Michael, very good stuff. Any final thoughts before we move on? The bye week sucks. Um, I'm excited for more Steelers football. Like I, I like being able to have a little bit more time, I suppose, on a weekend. But aside from that, uh, Steelers football, uh, it, it's one of those things that uh, you can't really get enough of, especially when they only play so, so few games per year. So I'm excited for them to get back on the field against the Cleveland Browns, who are absolutely reeling. Uh, you know what? You love to see teams playing at their best, but you kind of hope the Browns get a little more banged up so the Steelers could really uh, – send a message to the AFC Heck North. Yeah. I get a big win in Cleveland. And people ask me on Wednesday with my mailbag, Oh, do you want the Browns to be a full strength? But no, like what's wrong <laughs> with you people? The easier the win, the better. I mean, it's, come on. Okay, Michael, hopefully you win another game, create a little streak for yourself as the Steelers have done. And we'll be talking next Friday. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And uh, thanks for having me on Jeff. No problem. All right, Pittsburgh Steeler fans. I want to thank, Michael Beck for joining me as always. He does almost every Friday. He's only missed once. Uh, and it's, I love that segment. It's really fun. It's a lot of, it's, it's great to actually be able to talk with someone else on the show from time to time. But nonetheless, thanks for blue check Beck for joining me. I, I want to finish up with a heart to heart. It's, it's not a long one. It has to do with the bye week. So with the bye, you know, everyone handles the bye differently. You know, some people, they just love to be able to sit down and watch some football and not have to worry about the Steelers and the stress and the heart attacks that come from it. Some people would rather just, you know, get away from the game whatsoever. Whatever you do, use this weekend the way the Steelers do. Kind of recharge those batteries. So on Sunday, however you like to spend your bye week, do it in a relaxing fashion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you love, if that's what you love to do is to sit down, watch your fantasy team, or watch, just watch football, like there's going to be some big matchups coming up this Sunday, none bigger for the Steelers than the Ravens and the Bengals. If you just want to sit down and watch that game and say, ah, I just, just want to watch how this game plays out, then do it. If you're someone that says, you know, I, I just like to get away from it all. I like to just go for a hike do some yard work, do stuff around the house I've been putting off because the Steelers take up a day every weekend like me, then then do it and just find a way to kind of recharge those batteries. We, not just the podcasters and writers at Behind the Steel Curtain, you, the fans, we put a lot of energy into this football team, a lot of energy into something that we have no control over. Think about that. Yet we love to do it because we love this football team. So, if you're someone out there that's like, you know what, my gosh, this is exhausting, take some time to yourself this weekend, enjoy the bye, and then remember, we will be back next week. Uh, I think we're going to have a special Sunday uh, AFC North recap. Now that the obviously the when you're listening to this podcast, the Browns game against the Broncos will have already completed, uh, but still we'll be talking about all things AFC and how things went, and we'll be starting to focus on the Week Eight opponent, and we'll be right back at it. So hope you enjoy your weekend, folks. Have a great one. Do something fun. Rest, relax, get yourself right because there's a long stretch of games coming up, and we're going to be with you every step of the way. Remember, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. As we always finish it out here, folks, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend. I'll be back on Monday. Go Steelers.